On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, could tonight's game against the Buccaneers be a get-right game for the Eagles passing attack? Plus, could wide receiver three Olamid Zacchaeus show tonight that he's an upgrade over Quez Watkins? Javon Hargrave, who? All that and more on this Monday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Monday edition of the show. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. Today's podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I'm Louis DiBiase riding solo today. One final show before the Eagles Monday night battle tonight night against the 2-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's on the road down in Tampa Bay, Florida. The Eagles also 2-0. Not many undefeated teams left in the NFL after Sunday's games. It was chaos. And I think Sunday's show, just like every single year, the NFL is completely different every single year, every single week. Right when you think you have things figured out, you know who the top teams are, you know who the other ones aren't. It, everything switches on you. I mean, the NFL is the most chaotic league, I think, in all of sports. When it comes to like the big four of the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and the NFL, every time you think you have things figured out, and we know that as Eagles fans more than anybody, you really don't. I mean, that's exactly the theme of what I took away from Sunday. But one thing that I think could happen on Monday night that has been the same is the Eagles establish themselves as one of the elite top-tier teams in the NFL, just like they did last year. That's one thing that they haven't really done yet, despite being 2-0, that I think is going to happen tonight against a 2-0 Tampa Bay team that's good, but they're not great. They remind me more like, you know, of course, for an undefeated team, winning your first two games, like that's definitely impressive, but I don't put them in that top tier of the NFC with Philadelphia and San Francisco and, you know, Dallas before losing to Arizona on Sunday and losing Trayvon Diggs, who now has a torn ACL. He's out for the year, a huge blow. Like, Tampa Bay, to me, is more in the tier of, like, a good New Orleans Saints team that's also 2-0, and but... Are they Super Bowl contenders? Not really. I think even when you talk about like the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions, they're closer to being in that Eagles-Niners tier than Tampa Bay is. I would say Tampa Bay is a step below those two teams, right? I would say they're that that's the next tier. It's Detroit, it's Seattle, and then it's like Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Los Angeles. Those teams where they're good, but if they miss the playoffs, if any of them miss the playoffs, would you be surprised if any of them are like the seven, you know, five through seven seeds? That's kind of I think their ceiling, and I think that's what Tampa Bay is in Philadelphia. They are, again, Tampa is a good team. They have some real talent from a Super Bowl winner not that long ago. Mike Evans is really good. Chris Godwin. You look on defense, you know, Vita Vea, Antoine Winfield Jr., Shaq Barrett, Levante David, and Devin White. This is a good team with a roster that's made the playoffs three years in a row and won a Super Bowl not that long ago. But I do think this is the Eagles' get-right game, which is crazy to say after a 34-point performance against Minnesota last Thursday night. But I do think this is the game the Eagles just kind of blow the doors off of a team, and they do it through the air, which is what we talked about last week. That's the key for this game is the Eagles' passing attack on offense and their pass defense against Baker Mayfield. 
I watched that Bills Commanders game on Sunday, and that's what I think you're going to get tonight. It's two good teams, right? Washington was two and zero. Buffalo one and one. They've been established as one of the best teams in the NFL of the last five to six years. But clearly, the one team that was a true elite contender clearly looked like that, and Washington looked more like an okay to good team that ran into a juggernaut. I think that's what you're going to get on Monday night. Again, yes, the Eagles and Buccaneers are both 2-0, and but I think Philadelphia, they are clearly superior, and if they lose this game, it's really more on what they're still not doing versus what Tampa Bay is doing to them. And it's interesting because last week I kind of talked about on Friday's show, you know, despite the Eagles being 2-0, and how you win does matter, right? If you're going to be a Super Bowl team, you have to win in certain ways. And I think that is still the case, right? But I want to make sure people don't think that I'm saying the wheels feel like they're about to fall off this team, like they're barely getting through these football games. But again, how you win matters. Uh, But that's not me saying that suddenly, like this team's in real danger. You look at the 2012 Philadelphia Eagles, Remember, they started the season, obviously they finished at 4-12. and It was Andy Reid's final season. He gets fired. But I don't think people remember that that team was 3-1. and They beat the Cleveland Browns in a shootout, a turnover-filled overtime shootout against a rookie Brandon Whedon and Trent Richardson. Uh, they beat the Baltimore Ravens in another dramatic turnover-filled game. They lose the following week, but then they get a big win on Sunday Night Football against the New York Giants. But that's a team, when they kept saying, like, winning is all, like, if, if that was a kind of team that we had right now and Jalen Hurts kept saying winning is all that matters we would have a much bigger problem because you knew that team it wasn't for long like they were three and one but the doors were about to fall off that the wheels I should say were about to fall off that team I mean you look at the injuries they had up front on the offensive line Demetrius Bell was their starting left tackle and I think it was King Dunlap because Jason Peters was out for the year it was an absolute disaster they were among the top teams when it comes to turnovers on offense. Michael Vick did not look the same. The play calling didn't look the same. You knew it wasn't for long. Like They were barely beating teams, and they were overcoming just so many self-inflicted wounds. And so I don't think that's this Eagles team. Like Yes, they need to win in more convincing ways compared to the wins against New England and Minnesota. I want to see a different type of win tonight against Tampa Bay. I want to see them control this game from the start to the finish. I don't want to see these same issues in the passing game and the injuries continue and, you know, penalties and, you know, the defense struggling to, you know, cover tight ends and over the middle of the field. Like a lot of stuff that's been ailing them. I want to see them get that right and dominate a team that they're superior to. But I do not think that, like, that wasn't me on Fridays trying to say this feels like the 2012 Eagles where this is a fluky 2-0 football team. I don't think so at all. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think it's only a matter of time before they completely blow up. And I think this is the game that they say, like, we're here. I think, you know, last year you got that week two against Minnesota. They won a shaky shootout against Detroit week one, kind of like they did this year week one against New England. And then week two was the game where they got it all right against Minnesota. This past week against Minnesota, definitely a good performance. They put up 34 points on primetime football against a talented football team, but it wasn't the same kind of game. And then they had that incredible performance against Washington where they sack Carson Wentz nine times, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith blow up. I think that's the type of performance that you are going to get tonight 
against Tampa Bay. Coming up next right here in the Lockdown Eagles podcast, I got some, I got a bunch of thoughts. No Eagles football on Sunday really gets the head thinking and you're watching all these other games. It makes you think about the birds, makes you think about the NFL landscape. Got a lot of thoughts I just want to share with you as we get you ready for Eagles Buccaneers tonight. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Head over to LinkedIn, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I'm Louis DiBiase joining you on this Monday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen each and every day. Eagles Buccaneers tonight on Monday Night Football, a battle of two undefeated teams at 2-0. The Eagles trying to get to 3-0, just like they did in 2022. Before that, I don't think they did it since 2016. Yeah, Carson Wentz as a rookie, they started the year 3-1. But every other year, they were either 2-1 or 1-2, or there was that abysmal 2020 season when they were 0-2-1 with that ridiculous tie against the Cincinnati Bengals. Been there, done that. Don't want to think about that terrible year anymore. Eagles, Buccaneers tonight. Again, like I said earlier, I do think it's going to be a get-right game for the Eagles on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to dominate, win this game in convincing fashion to get to 3-0. On Sunday, we did not have Eagles football, so I'm watching Bills Commanders. I'm watching Cowboys Cardinals. The Cardinals beat Dallas, by the way, insane. So the Eagles right now, sole possession of first place in the NFC East after Washington and Dallas did lose. And when you're watching other NFL games, for me, I can't help but still tie the Eagles in somehow, like how these games impact the Eagles, what thoughts I have about that, the NFL landscape. And that's what I'm going to do these final two segments is just share with you the random thoughts I had. And one thought I did have watching those games on Sunday when I was watching the NFC, which by the way is a much better conference than I gave it credit for heading into this week. And I don't know after this week, those, the matchups, how it works, how it shakes up, but the NFC was six and zero against the AFC through the first two weeks. So it's a much deeper conference than I think most of us felt that it was. But I will say, I still believe it's only the Eagles and 49ers in the NFC as true, legitimate Super Bowl contenders. San Francisco looks really freaking good. I mean, they looked great on Thursday night. They killed the New York Giants. You know, Brock Purdy still looks up and down. He looks like a good, not great quarterback. But Kyle Shanahan is a great play caller. Debo Samuel is a great receiver. George Kittle is a great tight end. They have a great offensive line. They kicked ass, and they didn't even have Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver. That defense is incredible, including Javon Hargrave, who I'll get to in a minute here on the show. Um, I think San Francisco and Philadelphia are clearly the top class of the NFC. And then there's a drop-off. Like Dallas, they looked amazing the first two weeks. But Dak Prescott has not really done a whole lot through three weeks. And they just lost to Josh Dobbs, 
Jonathan Gannon and a tanking Arizona Cardinals football team. They lost this week their second best defensive player in cornerback Trayvon Diggs, who tore his ACL. He's out for the rest of the year. That's a huge, huge loss for a defense that they looked amazing. The first two weeks, they looked special. In this take, I did not have this thought last week. I said it was Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas. But now, losing Diggs, seeing the way Dak's playing, seeing them lose to the Cardinals, I think the Eagles and 49ers right now are in a class of their own in this conference. Again, it's a much better conference than I thought. Seattle looks like they deserve the hype they were getting this offseason. Same with Detroit. New Orleans is a much better team than I thought they were going to be. Los Angeles, everybody thought the Rams were kind of tanking just like the Cardinals. That's definitely not the case. But I do think the Eagles and Niners clearly have superior rosters. They're winning games. Again, the Eagles haven't won in dominating fashion, but they're still winning games convincingly, putting up 34 points when they're not even playing their best football. In San Francisco, they are playing their best football right now. I definitely think it's the Eagles and the Niners. And honestly, when you look at the AFC too, that conference has not been nearly as deep as I thought. The Chiefs look really good. They're bouncing back. Same with the Buffalo Bills. The Miami Dolphins just put up 70 points. So those three teams in the AFC look like they're in that class with the Eagles and Niners, but nobody else really does right now. I mean, there's a bunch of two and one teams that have been up and down, like Baltimore and Cleveland and Cincinnati right now is they don't have a win. They play tonight against the Rams. The NFL's weird. Every single year it's different. Just when you think you have it figured out, you really don't. But one thing we did have right is that the Eagles and 49ers, they are the class of the NFC 100%. Another thought I had watching that game on Thursday, speaking of San Francisco though, Javon Hargrave, who has two sacks already this year, he had the highest pass rush grade according to Pro Football Focus against the Giants with a 92.3 grade. He's been dominating and that was one of the Eagles' best defensive players over the last three years, right? He was a huge reason the Eagles made the Super Bowl last year, over 10 sacks on the season in 2022. You feel like losing that kind of star player at such a premier position, an elite interior pass rusher that joins your rival, that's the biggest threat to you not getting back to the Super Bowl. You would think that would affect us more, but right now, because of how good Jalen Carter looks, because of how good and how fresh, refreshed, I should say, Fletcher Cox looks, how good Jordan Davis looks right now as an improved pass rusher, how efficient Milton Williams has been off the bench because of those four defensive tackles and how elite they've looked in this rotation. We're not even thinking about Javon Hargrave and he's been amazing for, it's not like he's been terrible and that's why we can forget about him. He has been as good as he was in Philadelphia over the last few years for the, again, the biggest reason the Eagles might not get back to the Super Bowl this year. He's on the rival 49ers and I feel like nobody even cares. And I think it's justified that we don't care because Jalen Carter, again, has been that good at replacing Hargrave from the jump. Fletcher Cox has been that good at replacing his pass rush productivity. Milton Williams has two. Jordan Davis. They're not skipping a beat on the interior. They're not missing Javon Hargrave at all, which just shows, again, props to Howie Roseman, the investments that he continues to pour into the lines so you don't have to miss a guy like Hargrave. You don't skip a beat. That's really, really hard to do at these positions. Not every NFL team does it. Howie Roseman deserves a ton of credit for making Hargrave an elite player on an elite rival seem like an afterthought. So that was another thought I had this week as well. Uh, here's another one too. Thinking of the Eagles-Buccaneers game, the Eagles 
and the Bucks, they've almost flipped roles since their 2021 playoff game, where we saw the defending champion Buccaneers and Tom Brady completely blow the doors off of a second-year Jalen Hurts, a 9-8 Eagles 7 seed that had a good quarterback that we felt like was not the franchise guy. They ran into a, a legit Super Bowl team with an elite quarterback, and once we saw the result, we're like, yeah, the Eagles are not in this class yet. They are not ready to compete for championships. They don't have that guy yet under center. Hertz hasn't become that guy yet, or they might have to find somebody else. And now you look like it was a good team. It wasn't a great team. That was the 2021 Eagles. They were good for sure. You don't go seven and two down the stretch and not be a good team. They were the best rushing attack in the NFL down the stretch. They had an elite offensive line and defensive line. They had a really good secondary with Darius Slay at corner and Rodney McLeod was still playing good football, but they weren't great. And now you look at it, and Tampa Bay was. They, that team nearly got back to the, the championship game. Uh, they lost a really close divisional round matchup to the Rams, who ended up winning the Super Bowl. Now you look at where the Eagles are, and we, I don't think we thought, I remember that game at the end, I'm like, oh, we're not close to getting to where Tampa Bay is. Two years later, they are that team and coming off a Super Bowl appearance. And Tampa Bay losing Tom Brady is what the Eagles were, it feels like, in 2021. Like, they're a good team at 2-0, but they're not great. And again, that just shows how quickly things change in the NFL. Just another example of how every year is completely different. And just like that, things can completely flip on its head. Two years later, the Eagles are that perennial contender and the Buccaneers are like the good team that might be a wild card team. They're a divisional contender because they're in a weak division in the NFC South, but they're a wild card team. They're a seven seed 2021 Eagles like football team. And two years later, they have completely reversed roles. The Eagles are what the 2021 Bucks are and the Bucks are what the 2021 Eagles are now. So I think that was really interesting for sure. Uh, one more thought here before we take a break about this game, Eagles-Bucks tonight, Monday Night Football. Um, Quez Watkins not going to play, dealing with a hamstring injury that he suffered against Minnesota, kept him out for most of that game as well. If And Olamide Zacchaeus, now he's going to be the third receiver when there's 11 personnel out there, which the Eagles run the majority of the time on offense. If And I think he will, because I like Zacchaeus. He's coming off a career year last year with Atlanta where he nearly had 600 receiving yards. So we know this guy can play to a certain degree. And that he did that with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Now he's got Jalen Hurts. So I, I do hope Zacchaeus can be productive. I'm confident that he will be. But let's say Zacchaeus tonight doesn't really do anything. I do think the Eagles should explore. And you guys know I'm a Quez Watkins guy. You know I'm a Quez guy. I do think the Eagles should explore trading for a wide receiver three. And I don't know who that is. And again, it's not like a very, very important position for the Eagles right now because they have Devontae Smith and they already are not having enough targets to go around for an angry A.J. Brown and uh, Dallas Goddard as well, who has had 22 yards last week and he had zero week one against New England. So they have target monsters to feed already. But it would be nice to have somebody more impactful in 11 personnel at receiver, if Zacchaeus does not take a step up, I don't know if it's like Hunter Renfro, who I saw, I don't know who said, I think it was Honest NFL on Twitter that suggested maybe Hunter Renfro comes into Philadelphia as a guy that can create much better separation than Quez, and he's a different style of player than Quez and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a stronger runner for the catch guy. Quez is a burner. Renfro is that route running technician that can get over the middle and get open in those areas. The Raiders just do, they have not used him since Josh McDaniels has come to town two years ago. Maybe it's Renfro. Chicago right now looks like the worst team in football. I don't think they're going to extend Darnell Mooney. Would you be able to get Darnell Mooney? 
I'm not saying again it's a it's a really dire need for this football team right now on offense to trade for a receiver. But if one of those guys are available for a conditional six or seven, and it's like a rental player before the trade deadline, I think that's something they should consider. I'm going to be watching Zakai as close tonight. Again, he's not going to get, I think, a ton of opportunities. They need to feed the ball more to A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard for sure, and I think they're going to still establish that ground game. But I do think if Zacchaeus doesn't do anything, they got to get more from that spot. From wide receiver three, tight end two, they got to get to me just another pass catcher that, again, their number is not going to be called a lot, but when they do, you want the efficiency to be there much more than it is right now between Quez, Zacchaeus, Jack Stahl, you know, all, and all these wide receivers and tight ends that Philadelphia is churning out on the depth chart. Got some more thoughts for you coming up next as we get you ready for Eagles Buccaneers tonight on Monday Night Football. But first, guys, today's show is sponsored by DoorDash. You've loved the convenience of getting what you want right to your door. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. We've been trusting DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites for years, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too, which is great because I honestly, I'm not a grocery store guy. I hate navigating through there. It's always busy. It always takes me forever to get together a list and you know get the groceries to the door, to the car, Pack everything up, get it upstairs into my apartment. That's where DoorDash comes through. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You're going to get exactly what you ordered or they're going to make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Want even more value? You can save on all grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Plus, we're going to get you 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Limited time offer terms do apply, but that is 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Monday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, Eagles Bucks tonight, Monday night football. Sharing with you all the thoughts I had on uh, Sunday watching non-Eagles football across the NFL. A lot of it still had to do with the birds when I'm watching football. I could be watching Ravens-Colts, and I see Gardner Minshew, and that peaks my Eagles brain because he was their backup last year, and I start thinking about the Eagles again. So that's why I have all these thoughts to share for you. Um, another one that I want to get into, to end segment two, I was talking about how if Olamide Zacchaeus does not have an impactful game today, filling in for Quez Watkins as wide receiver three, as Quez is out with a hamstring injury, maybe Philadelphia needs to explore trading for another pass catcher, whether it's another tight end or a, a slot receiver like Hunter Renfro, or you know, you look at a tanking team, or a, a terrible team, maybe not tanking purposefully, but you look at the Chicago Bears, uh, an expiring contract like Darnell Mooney. Is that something that's feasible? Um, I, I do think that's something they need to look into. Howie Roseman, though, there's some other trades that he can make still that I'm keeping an eye out for. Of course, the popular one we all know is Buda Baker, who right now is on injured reserve for the Cardinals. So he's out for a month. You could get Baker still. That's the move I'm still holding out hope for. But there is one that Gino mentioned a lot this offseason. I love the player. Thought the Eagles should have drafted him in 2020 over Jalen Hurts. Obviously, don't feel that way anymore, but I did at the time. And now Geno's that take in the offseason now looks good. 
The Eagles could potentially trade for somebody like Jeremy Chin, the Carolina Panthers hybrid linebacker safety, who's been very good since they drafted him in 2020, but he's on an expiring contract. He really doesn't fit the new Panthers defense. It's from a general manager that did not draft him in the second round that year. Jeremy Chin makes a lot of sense because the Eagles just need that hybrid player at linebacker and safety that can cover in space, that can also run fit at the same time. Chin would be, honestly, that might be my favorite move they can make. And I think he would cost a lot less than Buda Baker. You're not going to have to give him this massive contract extension. I think Jeremy Chin would make a ton of sense for the Eagles if they continue to struggle. And the good news is Zach Cunningham took a huge step last week when it comes to his coverage ability. He was on lockdown. Nicholas Morrow looked good too. Do I feel confident that's going to happen week in and week out and they don't need to make another move? Not so sure. We'll see what happens tonight. But if the linebackers don't look great in Kobe Dean's place and the safeties are still kind of mid to kind of whatever, good but not great. Jeremy Chin is somebody that I think you could keep a close eye out for, and the Panthers lost again, so they're 0-3. Eventually, they're going to become sellers. It doesn't look like they're going to be a playoff contender like I thought they were going to be. I thought they were actually going to win the NFC South. It does not look like that at all. They're clearly the worst team in that division right now. What other thoughts that I have on Sunday in the NFL? Oh, here's one. I'm an idiot for my Justin Fields-Jalen Hurts comparison. Yeah, I know. Shocker to everybody that Lou's wrong on a quarterback take from 2021. Uh, Justin Fields, I said, uh, heading into the year, I said, by the end of the season, Justin Fields will be the second best quarterback in the NFC behind Jalen Hurts. He will have that MVP like season that Jalen had last year. He gets DJ Moore, kind of like Jalen got AJ Brown last year. That is far from the case. Justin Fields looks right now like a mega bust. I still blame Chicago, the support system, the play calling for this and the way he looks right now. I think he can be salvaged with another team. But the Justin Fields we're seeing right now for the Bears looks like a complete, complete disaster. And I thought he was going to look like look like the 2022 Jalen Hurts. So that's another Justin Fields take I got wrong. I said in 2021 they should draft him in the first round instead of giving Jalen a, a chance to start. And then I had another take for Fields. I just I got to quit that 2021-2022 class, although I'm never giving up on Malik Willis, not just yet for sure. But I'm wrong on that Fields-Hurts comparison. I just thought, you know, Fields has all the talent in the world. You saw him take some big steps at the end of last year, especially as a runner. He gets a true wide receiver, one in DJ Moore. The Bears roster looked a little more improved. He was heading into year three, just like Jalen as a full-time starter. Thought it made sense. It doesn't make sense. Jalen Hurts in a class of his own right now in the NFC. All right, two more thoughts for you before I wrap up the show. Um, watched the New York Jets the other day. Carson Wentz should have been the Jets quarterback like yesterday. Can't believe they're still wasting time with Zach Wilson. And one more Eagles thought. I saw that the Eagles tweeted out they're wearing white on white tonight, and the fans are not happy. Fans do not like white on white. I Totally, for some reason, I just I don't get the hate. I, I disagree with some fans that they should not wear white on white. I think, honestly, it's the best away jersey combination that they have. And I know some people say it's it's a preseason look. I think it looks clean, especially when you get like somebody wearing a white arm sleeve with a green helmet. I think it looks really good. If I had to rank my Eagles jerseys right now based on what's in the rotation over the last few years... Number one is midnight green and white, green on white. They're OG home jerseys. Those are the best. 
and I think those look great on Thursday night against Minnesota. The darker teal, more green, I think looks really good. That's number one. Number two, Kelly Green. Number three, don't hate me, but I think it's white on white. I think that's my third favorite jersey that they have right now. Number four, I would say it's white on black. White jersey, black pants. Five, black on black. And then six, I would probably say is white on green. I, I hate green pants, white jersey. I call them the slow pants. I don't think they look great in them. I don't think they look very athletic. I just, I don't like the look of it at all. White on white's getting a lot of hate. They're 1-0 with them this year. I think they can get to 2-0. I, I think they look good for sure. I know people think it's preseason. They think back to 2014 when they couldn't wear green for half the year because Nike didn't have the green ready. So they wore white on white for the entire first half of the season. It was driving people nuts. I think it's a crisp look. I like white on white the majority of the time for most NFL teams as their main road look. But people disagree. But I think think it's going to look cool tonight. And I think what's going to look cool too is an Eagles win. Dominating fashion tonight. That's my final prediction. I'll give you a score. I'll say um, say 30-17. 30-17, Eagles win it. They're 3-0. Post-game show going to be following up after the game. Subscribe to Locked On Eagles wherever you get the show. And thanks, as always, for making us your first listen each and every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, Louis DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds.